Coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we finally finish our previews, looking at Sodkamo, Kempele, and Patioki, plus all the latest news and goings-on. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast! Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. I'm your host Ian Alba and joining me is our resident coach, it's Mikko Pirhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? Doing good, thank you. And uh, it finally starts to feel like summer is approaching Finland, uh, both in terms of weather and also in because of the quality of the games that we are seeing uh, when we are recording this we are fresh off uh, basically a full round well not five games of men's superpasses and uh, a couple of high quality women's superpasses games and we saw a lot more runs than we usually do at this time of the year and in these conditions and it's something that it's it's quite fascinating because we really were not anticipating this kind of a uh, run fest at this time well it's been it's been fascinating to to watch some of these opening games i um yeah, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying it, and I'm I'm really excited for this season. It's it's going to be another interesting year. It could be quite different, but I'm I'm really excited, and and the games we've been watching this year have been been pretty good, actually. Um. So in terms of any other news, um. Miko, I know that you've been involved in a project that now has come to life um, with uh, Vakos TV. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the format is basically the same as in football, in ice hockey, and uh, well, football, ice hockey, now Pesapalo. Uh, in in the winter, there were the Winter Olympics that our national monopoly betting company produces from their own TV studio. And uh, it's obviously a professional format and something that, uh, something that is new to me and uh, is uh, a really exciting uh, challenge because in, uh, I'm the host and the expert at the same time and with me there's the expert of betting and analysis and that's the like uh, like you know so well that 
other bat and ball sports that are being played internationally, they are like, uh, for example, in baseball, everything that you can measure is being measured. And it, it is the same in, let's say, my beloved NFL, where every game, every situation starts from, uh, it's a stop-start kind of a game. And uh, and Pesapalo is the same. It all starts with pitching, and we could do a lot more data analysis from like a third-person perspective. The teams are doing their own analysis, but uh, we need all kinds of talk around the game. And uh, I, 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 for one, have been waiting for a more analytical approach. And the, the TV uh, productions have also gone that way in terms of like providing more analytical information about the game. And now we are just taking that to numbers and hopefully in the future, like uh, I, I would be excited if we could come up with some new measurables and, uh, and through that maybe bring some new exciting um uh, points of discussion, for example, that how can you measure the level of play for a pitcher, for example. And I know that you have been doing this too from your viewpoint. So it's, uh, I, I know it's something that we're going to be taking steps in the upcoming years. Well, it's, it's fascinating uh, to see this, uh, this project come to, come to life. It really seems like Pesapolo's starting to come more to the foreground in in Finland with this um, this project. And as I say, I, I love the idea of, of these statistics. The, the more analysis, we often talk about how much knowledge there is inside the game. So all the the players, the game managers, and those who are linked with the clubs they all have this this fairly strong knowledge um but the wider audience doesn't always see it and i i'd love to to see some more of that so i'm i'm really pleased to to see this project and uh, i'm glad to see they've chosen an absolutely excellent host uh, for that job as well <laughs> well thank you thank you and uh, uh i don't know uh it's a uh, let's just say that it's a it's a long term goal, but uh, I'm uh, I I would be fascinated to be a part of creating something that is similar to, for example, once again that what they created in American football. Uh, it's called Pro Football Focus that they they started and they started to make ratings for each position and all of a sudden the NFL teams started to buy that analysis and use that and nowadays it's being used as the platform that everybody kind of accepts that these are the measurables 
that okay game game is changing but anyway that's like the that's the starting point and uh, in Pesapallo the resources are obviously they are slim and they we we do not have a worldwide audience or stuff like that but but we can create something and uh, well let's say let's see where it goes but uh, it will come on a weekly basis and uh, it's not even a finished product as it stands uh, when like uh, now we have big sports events going on in Finland uh, ice hockey world championships and uh, a lot of people are following the big European football leagues and they they will end in about a week's time in 10 days or so and after that, it's basically Pesapalo will come to the forefront of things with uh, our national football league, Vekas uh, Liga. So it's, uh, I think that that's when we are really coming to spotlight. And in terms of my news, um, some of you might have seen on Facebook and what have you that. I've now produced previews for Jaime's uh, men's and women's teams. So if you want to know what the prospects of uh, Hamina men's or women's team are for the season, go check those out on the team's website. So away from our news and focusing more on Super Basis, we've seen in this last week a lot of commotion about the Monday night game. And in particular, the the behaviour of uh, Kempeles, game manager. Now, I saw a, a story over the weekend, so before this, about how fans at a, a juniors game berated a, a you know, shouting abuse towards a, a young umpire there as well, and made them very upset. These two stories sort of go hand in hand because it's all about how we can measure and and balance our our emotions. I mean, we know that sport is a very emotive thing. It's something that can bring us together. It can divide us. It can create great joy, great sadness. It's one of the greatest things, I think, about it, this, this kind of roller coaster of emotions, or well, certainly being a Scotland fan, you go up and down this roller coaster anyway. Um, but Miko, what what did you think about um, th- th- this issue on Monday? Well, my take on this has been pretty much the same over the last <laughs> over the last forty years. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, I'd say that ever since I started to be in the game. And uh, I I know that like banter goes in it, it is a part and parcel of like any sport and it's also a fact that unfortunately that the eighty twenty rule applies to also to people who can or who cannot behave for example in junior games but I think that it it, it all trickles down. That's that's how it goes, and I, I 
what I said on Twitter, for example, about this, that I don't, I don't see this. I, I'm not comment. I'm not making a comment on an individual issue as such, but I am making a comment and I have been making this comment a lot you know, throughout the years that in Pesapalo you can basically say anything to the umpire. And okay, you can get a yellow card and people say that it creates uh, like emotion and we need more color to the games. And it is within the structure of the game. And it's like, like I have said before that uh, I, I would... I have been told as a player and as a game manager and as a coach, I have been also like, I have done my fair share of like uh, uh, banter uh, throughout the years. Uh, always try to be, uh, or not just try to be, but have been polite with the umpires. Uh, we have discussed about some situations, but that's about it. I have never received a caution, for example. Uh, but it's not like I'm raising myself up here. But but what what I'm what I'm trying to say here is that it's not longer than a decade ago that. Everybody was told that if you cannot stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen kind of a message. That if if you cannot stand being uh, called every name in the book, like uh, as an umpire or a game manager or a player, then you shouldn't be on the field. And uh, I've, I've always been thinking that, is that the way you approach life as adults and is that the way that you is that the example that you want to set when we go to for example uh, kids playing and uh, the junior tournaments and that's where it shows for me it's it was a it was a good sign, but it was also a warning sign that Pesapallo had to make a choice to name a parent to each junior game to be like the, uh, I don't know the correct word for this, but like uh, to stand behind the umpire, so to say so that the people from the stands or from the teams could not call the young umpires like with any name that they can or curse words or anything like that that they could come up with and that those things go hand in hand like you said yeah I mean, I think it's worth mentioning of course that Tekempele's game manager has publicly apologized for his uh, behavior but of course it it's part of this issue that we're talking about and, and the way in which umpires and game officials are are treated when we interviewed uh Jesse Makinen, uh last year uh home plate umpire who um umpired for the Atalansi game he was explaining how challenging and how difficult it can be to actually measure 
with only your eyes, the height of the pitch and making sure it's a, a meter uh, high above uh, above the batter. So it's it's a difficult job, and we know that the rules, when you get down to them, are a, a complex set of rules. There's a lot of different technical aspects to the game. So it's frustrating to see, especially the the young. Uh, umpire I was talking about a moment ago, possibly being put off this idea of, of a potential career, say career, um, going for the uh, the role of an umpire later in, in life as well, because of the experiences that they have. Do you think there's something that the league should or could be doing to help uh, grow a, a more respectful culture? for umpires that's a given i mean that's a that shouldn't even be a point of discussion to be honest and uh especially as pesapololito made a stand that now that it's uh the 100 anniversary year of the celebration the celebration of the game this year uh and they made a point of emphasizing that like everybody should be safe on the on the pitch and uh, so so on and so on and then we get an incident like this in the beginning and it was unclear to people that was it even penalized in 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 the game and then a lot of people started to talk about that, okay, it was just empty talk then. If it doesn't get penalized there, it will not fly any anywhere. And uh, yes, uh, fortunately it was penalized. Uh, I know that Gerke did it uh, in the moment of heat, then he apologized. Uh, the Pesapalolito they took it to the process and uh, they gave him a one game suspension and uh, I, I think that it was the right call to be made at this point and uh, let's see how the season unfolds but I'm, I'm just hoping that this will be one of the few incidents that we will get this season Elsewhere in the news, we've also seen um, two other um, stories about players who are taking a break from the sport at the moment. The first uh, story we want to talk about is uh, Donnell Um He moved, of course, from Sotgamo to uh, IPV, back to IPV. But he expressed recently that he is struggling with a gambling uh, addiction and problem and is taking some time away from the sport to deal with that so uh, i i know i i wish him the best and i hope to see him back on the field soon um uh, clearly some some issues he needs to to work through with that and um, mika what did you make of that story well, now that it's out there in the open, it's safe to say that it, it has been known 
like uh, over the last couple of years the the problem has been there and it has resurfaced from time to time and right now i'm just happy for him that he has been starting he has come out with it and made the right move and started to like he said in uh, in his open letter and his facebook posting and uh, stuff like that that uh, becoming a father has made him think things differently and uh, well fortunately it didn't go to a point where he would have ruined his life for good that's my my point of view on that and uh, i know him from like before when he was a junior junior player and obviously followed his career uh, in different clubs and uh, when when he came out like this uh, I, I sent him a message that this is a sign of courage that you you admit that you have a sickness and you need you need help and uh, just take your time and uh, whenever if you feel like you're ready I I'm sure that there's still some ball to be played or if not that's uh, your you becoming like a healthy person comes first yeah and like you say it's incredible courage on his part because of course it's it's a small sport it's a close-knit sport and these things are are difficult to come and talk about especially when we talk about uh, a gambling addiction as well it can be um uh, seen with with quite negative connotations as well and negative thoughts that go with that one thing i was pleased to see however was how supportive ipv uh, are being uh, about this like we saw with Michael Connella last year and um Vimpoli, everybody seems to rally around uh, and support uh, the, these players and i'm i'm glad to see it one thing sorry Mikko, you were going to say no i mean uh, i was <sighs> I was paying attention to the exact same thing that uh, Tony Laxo is uh, is has come through the junior system of IPV. His father was a player in the golden years, and, uh, and now that he's back home, so to say, uh, last year everybody was talking about that going to Sotkamo was like the last chance to make good of his habits and become like clean so to say but obviously it wasn't enough then but now that is back home i i, I raised my hat to uh, the the board of ipv and the chairman Yanni valkepa who's an amazing person and uh great like uh he showed in this instance too that he's a great human being so tony laxo will get all the support that he needs and that's what i'm proud to see uh as a 
person inside this pod. And one of the updates to uh, IPV's lineup that we've seen is um, Juho Hacklin. Uh, he's on loan from KPL uh, with IPV now. Uh, I saw him, as I mentioned last time, uh, up against uh, Hamina in one of their training games a few weeks back. So, uh, as deep as KPL's roster is, he's now heading out uh, to Imatra. Um, To join Sasu Toika, uh, of course, who used to uh, play for KPL, and uh, Tony Kohonen as well, who was with KPL uh, a few years back. So... Um, a nice little reunion for the three of them at the moment. The other player who we've seen taking a break from the sport at the moment is Lauri Rinke, uh from Sotkamo. And I, I mentioned in my, my preview on the blog that we hadn't seen him uh, over the winter. Uh, and actually what appears to have been the case is that he struggled last year, not just with a physical injury, but also with exhaustion and, and some mental f- uh, fatigue and problems as well. So um, now Lauri has uh, uh, taken the decision that he he's not in a position uh, to take to the field this year, or, or until further notice, really. It, it can be tough uh, when you've got a physical issue and exhaustion it, it sort of seems to pile up and again much with uh, Donny Lark so I, I hope that um, Larry uh, comes back to the field soon uh, and I wish him well uh, in his recovery um, Mika what did you uh, what did you make of this it was very unclear to me what the situation was and uh, when I interviewed all the game managers of Menso Perpesis, I, uh, I, I took up this particular subject with Jani Komulainen and asked about the situation regarding Lauri Rönke the week before he came up uh, with the press release and uh, or his open letter once again. And uh, at that point, Janik Komolainen said that uh, they have decided that Lauri will tell about the situation when he feels like he's ready. And uh, I said that we, of course, respect that and that's uh, that's the right call to be made. And uh, like you said, it's uh, the situation seems like a lot of things piling up and uh, it's not just one thing but when when we all know his caliber as as like as a joker and uh, he he's still relatively young for his role even he could go on and play 10 more years he will i i, I hope that he will come back at some point and uh, some point soon that is and uh, but I I do understand that when when you're an athlete and when something like this happens I'm 
it's a it's a double-edged sword for me that I'm not happy to see these things come to the surface. But then again, I am happy that it is the new normal that these things are brought to the surface, that they are not just being pushed back and said that or, or nothing would be said about them. It's like... Uh, we, we know that uh, the circles are small and now we are coming to the like uh, we are coming to the new world where we need to realize that we're not in a bubble anymore we cannot go on with the same uh, mentality and the same values as we had in the 80s and 90s and even 20 years ago and uh these kind of things as unfortunate they are uh they i i think that it's it's important to raise these uh issues to the table not to dwell on those and give those people and uh, they the privacy that they need but uh i was i was happy to see that he said it like it is and now things can move forward and he can go on with the healing process. And as I say, you know, I certainly wish Lahore all the best. And, and I hope, uh, like you say, you know, he, he's an excellent player. I really love to, to watch him play. I think he's an underrated joker. Of course, he's um, you know, he's on the same lineup as uh, Ropa. Korhonen, so he's he's going to not always get the big headlines, but he he is an excellent uh, batting joker, and I I do like to uh, to see his style of play. Uh, so I, I wish him all the best. So from those rather sad or grim aspects of the news, I wanted to talk about something a sli- slightly a bit more positive, actually. Now, for the start of the season in women's superpaces, Vasa had won their first two games and they tied the first Yakso, so denying um, Pesakarhut uh, the three points in their third game of the season. Now, this is the newly promoted Vasa side um, as well. Their uh, first opponents were... Uh, Jonsson Myler and Jovskulin uh, Keritaret. So, not the lower end of the table teams uh, either. So, quite impressive wins uh, there. So, I, I was really pleased to see um, this start for them, this kind of shaking up of, of things. Mika, what did you make of uh, their success so far? It was, it, it was really exciting because... Uh, the the word around the the women's superpasses is that they they have a lot of uh, batting power and in their lineup their outfield play is good enough their pitcher is proven superpasses quality he she sorry she played for uh, Rao Manfera in the previous years and uh, Vasa is. Uh, it's a, one of those mid-sized cities in Finland 
a university town or city that can get players there because of that but now they play basketball that is like uh, that it, it feels like they're playing on house money <laughs> so, so to say they, they don't they don't necessarily play every situation they I mean they play smart but but they also play like uh, they're they're really good at, in playing underdog passes let's let's put it that way and uh i i placed them uh to be a playoff team in my rankings for vegas and so far looking good <laughs> well i remember when we did our um award show at the end of the season last year this was one of the stories uh, you know versus promotion to super basis this was one of the stories that you latched on and said this is a good thing for the sport this is going to be uh, something really interesting to to watch this season and well you know it's another thing you uh, are predicting correct <laughs> three so, game three games into the season three so, games yeah <laughs> so yeah well, but anyway yeah it's been it's been fun to watch and uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on them so that'll do it for the news um, in this part of the show. So we'll take a short break now and then we'll finally finish our previews for the season, even though we've already started the season. Uh, and we'll be looking at the final three teams that were in Group D from Haliasem. That's uh, Sotkamo, Kempele and Patioki. Okay, uh, so welcome back. Uh, we're talking previews still, even though some of it is slightly perhaps a little bit of a review. Um, but we're, we're looking at the, the teams effectively in the north, uh, Sotkamo, Kempele and Patioki. Uh, we're, we're getting a little closer uh, each year now to getting our previews out before all the season starts, but uh, we still haven't quite made it this year. Um, so, Sotkama, we've obviously already talked about um, Lauri. Uh, and, of course, um, Donnie Laksa was a player who left uh, in the off-season as well. There weren't many major shifts. There was a lot of um, back-and-forward junior players. The key signings, however, for me, were obviously Yossi uh, Korhonen coming from uh, back from Kempele. And, of course... Um, Yossi uh, Harpakoski as their second game manager, or as I'm calling him, their defensive coordinator uh, for this season. Mika, what do you make of uh, Sotkama this year? Well, I, I think that there's the. It's a high ceiling team, obviously. It's a championship caliber team, without a doubt. Uh, there, but they're just one in the mix, and that's because 
the roster has become a bit thin due to like uh, Rekuniemi had to go through a knee operation and we just spoke about the Lauri Renke situation uh, and now in the beginning at the start of the season which won't be a problem I hope hopefully not be a problem is that uh, Kalek Wosmanen who was like uh, planned to be the point runner and I was expecting uh, and I'm still expecting a, a, a proper breakout season for him he has been struggling with leg cramps and for example couldn't play in today's game against Jones of Myla. But uh, yeah, you'll see Hapakowski is a shrewd acquisition to their uh, coaching staff. And what it gives to Yannick Omulainen is that, for example, when they're playing on the outfield, he can give it to good hands. And he what he can do is that he can go through different solutions for the next uh, inning when they are back at bat. And that is something that can prove to be quite valuable. And that's like, uh, that's that's a plus for them uh, to have that kind of a thing because you see Apokoski has been there and seen it all basically. But uh, uh, a team with absolute top quality players all over the pitch, They're, they have made good acquisitions, but right now they are a bit thin. That's my take. I, I agree entirely. In fact, um, Gallic Horseman was my player to watch in my previews on the blog uh, for Um, Like yourself, it, it's one of these years. Is this going to be a breakout year for him? Especially now, uh, he was picked to be their their point runner, as you say. Um, I like what they what they're doing as as, as we were talking about with um, Yussi Harpakoski because, like you say, it's an interesting mix to have him just focusing on the on the defense. It. For me, watching Sotkom over the past few years, offensively, so batting-wise, they've been very solid. Defensively, sometimes not so great. The other side of the coin was true in Patioki when Yussi Hapakoski was there. Their defence was impeccable a lot of the time, but their their batting lacked a lot of flair. Okay, there were some issues with the material that they had to work with sometimes, but and injuries like Yari Durmanen uh, the the year as well. But this combines the best of of both of these um, uh, two managers, Komalainen and Hapokoski, and I am intrigued to see how it will work as the season goes on, and whether it's a, a new trend or, or an emergence of a, a, a trend that. Other teams might take on board in the coming years and have their uh, second game manager focusing more so on defence. Well, 
Well, yeah, it's been it's been seen before, and uh, but it's not it's not been a trend. That's that's why you are correct. Uh, I would bring in like a perspective that it also comes down to the new technology and uh, now that it's so-called legal to use it uh, also uh, on the benches and it's the same as you can see in every sport that now you have pads uh, on like uh, where you can see the previous situations and you can go go through all that and it's just a matter of finding the right people to the right spots in your in your coaching staff and then you can go through all that and uh Sotkamo has been they they were quite solid on the outfield last year too and that that was the thing that when i asked about the strengths of each team from each game manager uh, Yannick Omolainen said that they have been particularly emphasizing on the outfield play and they were good on the outfield play last year too and uh, we cannot like forget that play also one time already one time champions uh, Apoko Molainen and Kalle Kuosmanen who play key absolute key roles on the outfield now they are still ridiculously young and they 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 are just uh on their best day they can be so good and uh now they can be consistently good and in my books uh Apokomolainen has been the best pitcher uh, so far this season well I, I agree that they are definitely championship worthy team. They're in the mix somewhere. Whether they're likely to have the depth or, or um, the chances to beat consistently teams like Mansa, KPL, even Yoansu, as we saw today, um, and Vimpley, of course, I, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those ones where when they get to the postseason, and I'm convinced, obviously, that they will be there, we'll we'll see how they play in the first few rounds. And those will be exciting games because if they finish towards the the fourth or fifth position, then the chances are they're going to be playing another top team, whether it's a team like Yonsu KPL or or Vimpley, something like that, in the first round. And we, and we were all very excited last year in that five-game series against Yonsu. So it, it's one to watch. They they probably are looking less likely than some of the other candidates for a championship, but they, they have the material. If they if they get there, it's it's quite quite possible that they could win. The next team in the D group was uh, Kempele. Now, this is a team I'm really excited to see this this season. They're on the up year on year. 
And I like the way that this organization is building itself. I like the the things that they're doing, the brand that they have. Okay, we talked at the beginning of the podcast about some of the issues with the game manager the other day. But if you look at the material that they have, the players that they have, the brand they're building for themselves, the audience they're carving out um, in, in the North, they're, they're doing a very good job. And for me, they are probably knocking at the door of a sixth, seventh spot this year, uh, personally. I know that we've seen a couple of um, big names uh, moving to uh, Campale over the last couple of years. Uh, last season's, uh, the last off season, we saw Sami Hapakoski moving across from Patioki. Uh, what do you make of Campale this season? Well, this season, I, I think it sums it up when. Uh, what you just said when when we say that for the third year in a row we can basically say that it's the best Campbellet team ever. So, and I I don't think it's going to be the last year when we're going to say it. So that's they they have a solid base where they're building the whole thing on. And uh, they're making acquisitions, uh, signings every year, and not just anybody, but uh, they're they're actually going for players who make them stronger. They still do have some spots, uh, uh, some areas on their team that would require some strengthening, but the time will come for that too so i agree their uh last team they uh, last sorry last season they made the playoffs for the first time that's their minimum this year and after that we'll see what happens it's that's their approach as well so uh, let's go with that and it it's a solid foundation that they're they're building year on year, and we obviously saw that with Johansson in, in the rise up uh, into Super Paces. They they've built year on year uh, for succession there. I I like what they're doing. I I am intrigued to see how they'll get on in the season. Um. They're. There's still room for improvement, um, as you say, but when you take a look at them this year compared to last year and compared to the year before, th- there's a lot of improvement, and it- it's it- it's really good to see how how they're building that team. Um. So I, I have them at or about sixth. I I think that's a fair probably uh, spot for them. I don't think that they are going to break into that top five unless something unexpected happens. I think the top five are, are probably quite solid um, at the moment. But we'll see. We'll see how those things go. Yeah. So the final team 
uh, in the group is a team that looks completely nothing like what it looked like last season. Uh, but thankfully, it's still with us. There was a, a point where Patioki may not have been with us this season. Uh, so Patioki, obviously, at the end of the season last year, ran into some financial problems. And in fact, they had uh, an initiative where fans could basically make pledges to the team, make uh, provide some finances um, for, for basically their names at the stadium and such in order to keep it going. And we know that they'd struggled with performance and we know that last year they, they finished down in eighth place. They're only just making it into the uh, playoffs. But then, of course, we see this mass uh, exit from all the key players. Um, Yari Terminen uh, retires, but of course stays on as a, a game manager uh, with Patioki. But, you know, Topi Kossanen, Sami Hapakoski, uh, Mika Matika, uh, Severi Pispanen, and of course, Yussi uh, Hapakoski, the game manager. So it's, it's a huge departure and a huge change. And the players that we're seeing come in now are all fairly young or inexperienced players. But for me, they're, they're playing as though they've got nothing to lose, I suppose. And that's what makes them an interesting or a dangerous team to play against. I mean, we saw them against um, Koska and Korva the other day. Um, they scored 13 runs <laughs> in Iaxo, just completely exploded in, in offence. I mean, last year, you'd probably struggle to see that many young, uh, runs from this team, albeit it was last year's lineup, uh, across four or five games. So, Mika, what do you make of Patioki this year? Well, I, I think that's uh, that's a really fair uh, let's uh, let's rephrase it this way. Uh, I I completely agree with what you just said because the team is uh, now in a rebuilding phase that had to begin at some point. And when when we did the season preview for this Vekas TV, for example, on Patioki, uh, we we had some some keynotes for each team, and for Patioki, the first one was the time after the legends. So that's like. Uh, now they have finally the even the last players and the last people from the championship team and the the teams that were like uh, challenging for the championship uh, a decade ago or so they have left over the last couple of years. Timo Kallio, Topikosonen, uh, for example, Asami uh, Hapakoski now, of course, too, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Now they they have a new game manager. They have young players. They have two pitchers, both of whom are born in two thousand and three, uh, and they 
they absolutely play like they have nothing to lose and uh, I, I I enjoy watching them play it won't be uh, even quality this year but uh, that's their chance because if they play like everybody else it's uh, then then it's just going to be a relegation dogfight and in all honesty it can be that even though they do that but uh, at least they will give it a shot and I do and that's how you like that's how you also teach these young players that's how you groom those young players to be future stars and uh, they have some really exciting young players that I'm keeping an eye on. Well, we saw with uh, Sipe over the last couple of years a, a team that was constantly uh, trying to fend off relegation. And we've seen some really promising young talent come through and some really exciting games over the years from, from CP. Of course, th- this year they're um, they're no longer with us in, in Super Persis, despite the fact that they they earned their place in, in Super Persis for this season for financial reasons they couldn't take it. But it's that kind of attitude that if, if Patioki players go out there and okay, we've got nothing to lose here. We've just got to give it our all. And like you say, it's it's the best way to, to teach and grow these talents. Uh, we could see some some quite interesting players come out of that group and, and maybe grow and, and move to other teams or even help steer this team away from that relegation zone. But it certainly seems like a team that's going to be playing late into the year for the wrong reasons. I put it that way yeah and uh, for me one important thing to watch is that does the community still buy this team do they take it under their wings and still uh, are they interested enough to come back to watch every game even though they wouldn't be challenging for the playoffs but are they interested in the year one of the rebuilding phase? And uh, how about the finances and all that? But I'm I'm focusing on the part that happens inside the pitch. And uh, their goal number one is to stay up this year because now there's a, an actual threat of relegation. Uh, and... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but the signs are there. I mean, the, the positive signs are there. But that being said, it's still like they're they have they have already given Joensu and Kempele a run for their money, at least on a single Yakso, and they have completely like annihilated uh, Koskin Korova on one Yakso. And they still lost the game. <laughs> I mean, they had something like the scoring chances were like uh, 26 to 5. And they managed to lose. 
<laughs> on their home pitch and that's nothing to laugh at but it's just uh it just says that it's not exactly even quality at this point but it's still spring uh or really summer depends on your outlook on life i suppose um but it's early days in the season and you never know how these things will go and We'll see towards the end of the season whether this is a team who can iron out some of those inconsistencies, whether they are going to be able to to remain up in Super Pesos for next year. So that concludes our previews uh, for this year. Um, we haven't covered any of the power rankings or anything like that in this podcast now that the season started, but they will be back. We will be talking about that on the next occasion. And uh, I think that'll pretty much do it uh, for this podcast. Uh, join us next time. We're going to be starting to do player interviews as well, as we've got some uh, interviews lined up uh, for the coming episodes. So if you like what you hear, please like or subscribe uh, to the podcast. You can always follow me on Facebook on Twitter at Superpesis R. You can even view some of my articles on the blog at superpesisroundup.wordpress.com. And you'll also see me writing occasionally from time to time on both the Poltolinia website and Hamina's website. So that just leaves me to say a big thank you to my co-host, Mikkel Pirhonen. Thank you. A pleasure as always. And a goodbye from me, Ian Alba. We'll see you soon. If you've got something that's hidden for